So you guys have heard of the pink tax, yeah? Quick refresher, it's an unfair tax on goods and services marketed to women and femmes that results in them paying more than men for exactly the same products across all categories and basically all age groups, like basic clothing, which costs more for women 40% of the time, or personal care items like razors or deodorants, which costs more 56% of the time. So on average, women pay $1,351 more per year because of the pink tax. Our podcast partners at the European Wax Center, as in the iconic beauty and lifestyle brand, want to do good on behalf of all unapologetically confident people everywhere by actively working to help level the playing field when it comes to financial inequality. So they've created Axe the Pink Tax. It's a campaign to help empower people to make smarter buying decisions and spread awareness of gender inequality that the pink tax represents. Go to axethepinktax.com and there's no E on the end of Axe to learn more and see how you can help the European Wax Centre and help raise awareness about this important issue that affects everybody. That's A-X-T-H-E-P-I-N-K-T-A-X.com. Self-service is your cosmic comfort zone. An inner beauty school where self-care is celebrated, where getting real with emotions is a treat, and an interest in thoughtful, funny conversations, weird wellness, and astrology is unabashed. It's where being a little self-indulgent isn't just a shame-free act of love. It's a necessary launchpad into a life that's wholly ours. In a world where we feel good, about taking up space. Here, we serve our hearts. Our heart, our hearts. We learn. We talk shit. Talk shit, talk shit. We grow. And we tune the F up. Self-service. Hello, angels. Welcome back. I'm Jerrica Mandiba, the editorial director of Girlboss and a person who wants to take better care of themselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, especially spiritually, existentially, metaphorically and literally I guess but I'm not just here to list adverbs believe it or not I'm bringing you another episode of self-service wherein the guests are both regulars and both dear to me psychologist Dr. Lauren and astrologer Jessica Lenyardo they're both back and they're both going to be talking about something more universal probably than anything else and that is grief losing the people we love or losing things that we love Everybody listening to this has probably been there and definitely will be there again. So how do we self-care and care for the people around us when we've suffered a loss? And also, what does astrology have to say about it? I think it starts by acknowledging the multifaceted and very, very personal nonlinear process that grieving is. There's really no cut and dry way to do it. And there's certainly no way to make its impact any less heavy But hopefully by talking about death and grieving of other kinds, we're going to be doing a little something to bridge the chasm that people can feel like they've been thrown into upon experiencing it. So I hope that this is helpful. And with that said, it's time to step back a little bit out of our heads and a little more into our hearts and pull a tarot card for the week. And I hope that you can get something out of this card's energy that resonates with you and feels like 
a nice vibe that you can carry with you into the week ahead, like a lovely, love-filled talisman that's all yours to carry around. And your card for this week is the Queen of Cups. This is the queen of the element of water, which represents the emotional realm. And she's the wateriest of water. She uses her gifts of intuition to see further than her eyes can allow, meaning she's in touch with the mysteries and the universes that are within and with the subconscious because her sensitivity is really her superpower. And she's a part of us all, gender aside, obviously, that is the natural healer, the empath, the nurturing you with the most like evolved emotional intelligence and the most sixth sense for what's going on. And just as this queen asks us to exercise care for others, she also says, make sure you show yourself some compassion. So draw upon your own inner wisdom and connection to spirit or source if you subscribe to that to navigate what you need right now. It's not a time for looking to others when the Queen of Cups shows up like at all. I would say it's more about getting even more in touch with your own sense of self and then working outwards from there. So making sure you're really strong at the center and not letting your empathy turn into an opportunity to be taken advantage of, for example. So how can you do that this week? Do things that let you shine creatively and give yourself some alone time to be imaginative and get back in touch with your emotional body. Take baths or long showers if you don't have a bath and get really acquainted with how you're feeling in any way that you like. Remembering that this isn't vulnerability, this is like strength and self-awareness in action. And it's when your emotions and your actions like aren't aligned that things feel out of whack. So find your way back to yourself this week. Trust whatever feelings are coming up, honor them and just show yourself the care that you would show your best friend, which I know you do. And I'll do that too. I swear. The grieving process is something that we all inevitably go through at different stages of our life, but its inevitability doesn't really lessen the weight of suffering that people are under when they're going through it. Losing something or someone can feel like utterly hopeless. So I've brought in Dr. Lauren, our well-loved psychologist, to shed some light on it. Hi, Dr. Lauren. How's it going? Hey, Jericho. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Lauren, what is grief really? And like, what does it look like when people are grieving? Oh, that's such a loaded question, you know, because it looks so different for every single individual who goes through it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, grief is inevitable for all of us, but the way that we experience it is so different. You know, and when I talk about grieving, not only death brings on grieving, but also Mm -hmm. loss of relationships, you know, a lot of times with girls and women, honestly, I think a lot of times when I see depression, it's not necessarily, you know, quote unquote, depression or major depressive disorder, but it's more so a loss of self, you mm-hmm. know. And so mm-hmm. I think that we experience loss in big ways and small ways throughout our lifespan. And it really does take a toll on many of us. Mm, yeah. And people often talk about these stages of grief. Is that, is that a thing? What's that all about? 
Oh, yeah, it's totally a thing. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, um, mm-hmm. who's like a rock star in the world of psychology, mm-hmm. because see, she started talking about grief and dying and death and all these mm-hmm. things before people were talking about them. And that was like in the late 60s. Wow. Um, but yeah, she's super cool. And, you know, female working in the field, which also wasn't super common at the time. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so hat off to her. But yeah. yeah, so the stages of grief are certainly something that I work with often. And, you know, what they are is number one, denial. It's like that shock stage. I'm going to use a personal example so that we can really try to illustrate this. But I remember when I got the phone call that my dad died. And, you know, I think until you go through a significant loss, when you look at these stages, you kind of think like, hmm, does that really happen? Mm -hmm. And after having gone through it, I recognize that it definitely does. You know, I remember when I got that phone call and, you know, number one, it was complete shock. Like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you lose all of your physical and, like, emotional everything like in the moment like it just kind of stops and like I remember like like convulsing like and and you it's completely uncontrollable and Mm. and the denial part was like I needed to see him you know like I had gotten the phone call I was actually out of town and there was something about it that I just I couldn't wrap my head around it I just couldn't believe it Mm -hmm. and I've heard a lot of a lot of people explain the same thing you know then there's the anger you know the like mm-hmm. why why now like why did I have to be away like I, I'm here every freaking day you know like why did mm-hmm. I have to be away at that time why him why now why me all of that stuff you know mm-hmm. then comes the bargaining stage that's usually like a negotiation of some sort and you know like I'd give anything to have him back. That would mm-hmm. be like an example of that. Then the depression, because then you're like, oh, shit, like he's not coming back, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, um, and it kind of feels more like the, God, like, how can I go on? That kind of thing a lot of people experience. Mm-hmm. And then we get to acceptance. And it's like, oh, okay, wait a second. Like, I was thinking in the depression stage, like, how am I going to do this? But I guess I'm already doing it. The difference in the way that people grieve is is kind of like, the length of time and Mm -hmm. one expectation that people have who are not going through the process. The lookers on always think that somebody should be further along in the process than they actually are, you know? Um, So that's one thing that I see a lot of times with people who come in to see me with regards to grief is like everybody else thinks they should be, be okay already. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, the grieving process is certainly not a linear one. So it's not like you kind of go from denial like up to anger, up to bargaining, up to depression, up to, it's not like that. It's like two mm-hmm. steps forward, three steps back, five steps forward, seven steps. It, it's kind of like that. <laughs> mm. um, you know, so like you never really know. And it, and it really is different for everyone. Mm. Yeah, that's really good to know. And I guess based on that, you kind of touched on the fact that, you know, there's not a normal period of time in which people should grieve. Mm-hmm. How, what's like the way to kind of identify when grief actually becomes, you know, a, a real complication within our lives and, and what should we do about it when it gets to that stage? Okay. Well, I think there's like, I have two answers for that one question. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is, you know, there is in our diagnostic manual, right? So like every single mental health concern or disorder is in the DSM-5, which is the mm-hmm. Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And mm-hmm. there is one condition in there for further study. So it's not necessarily a diagnosis at this point. It's just kind of like in the back of it where they say like, hmm, this might be something that we want to look at for the next manual. Uh-huh. We need to do further study. Um, but it's called Persistent 
complex bereavement disorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what that basically means is that the person is experiencing the first couple of stages of grief for an extended period of time. Like that's mm-hmm. a really simple answer for that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, what you know, and and I remember a couple of DSMs ago, there was an adjustment disorder like having to do with bereavement, and that was like if the same feelings were occurring after six months. Mm-hmm. And what I've experienced, though, not only for myself, but also with people in my office, what I've seen is that the first year mm. is tough, you know, because yeah. you have the first you have the first holiday season, you know, you have the first dad's birthday, you have the first father's day, you have the or whatever, whoever it was in your in your life, you know, yeah. even if it's the loss of a relationship, you know, you have the first Valentine's Day, you have the first his birthday or her birthday, you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like you have all of the first, you know, and you're like, Oh, my yeah. God, we used to go to Easter brunch together, you know, like, whatever mm. it is. Mm. Or like, I know, like with, with my dad, it was more like, yeah, like different things that would happen for me, like successes, even in my career that I'd be like, Oh damn, like that was the first podcast that I did. Like my dad mm. didn't freaking hear that I do that now, you know, mm. things like, like all the first, you know, the first mm. that you would expect, like the holidays and birthdays, but also the first in your own individual life, like the little successes and like the podcasts and like my daughter's, you know, science mm. fair and like things like that, you know? So mm-hmm. I think what I've experienced is as far as diagnosis goes, we kind of look at a six-month period, and not that you're, like, over it by any stretch of the imagination, but that it's changed to the point that you can go on with your life, and it's not affecting your every day to the point that you can't function. Yeah. But what I've recognized in my own experience in the office and in my personal life is that the first year, um, after the first year, something kind of lifts. Yeah, yeah. And what, I guess, are some practical things that people can do to help them come to terms with big losses in their lives, in your experience? Yeah, so I think, like, right out of the gate, you know, like, one thing that's that, that's really helpful that can provide some sort of closure is I always find, like, creative experiences to being really good, you know, like, mm. like creating some sort of ceremony mm-hmm. um, or you know, like dependent on if somebody practices a certain religion, like having, mm-hmm. you know, not only the funeral or the, you know, shiva or whatever it is, but also like having, you know, something that's more private. Then I was just talking with somebody the other day who lost someone and, you know, she's going to, you know, possibly write a letter to the person who she lost and mm-hmm. put it in a bottle and put it in the ocean and, and have some flowers and have, you know, all of the friends and like everybody tell stories mm-hmm. about this person, you know, something like that. I think, you know, one thing that I find helpful, you know, and this is four years out, but one thing that I'm at remembering the positive things now. So I mm-hmm. love to tell stories about my father, you know, mm-hmm. or recognize, or I love it when people say to me like, Oh my God, you just did that just like your dad, you know, like mm-hmm. I like, I love that. So I think like talking about the person, hanging out with people who knew the person you lost um, Mm -hmm. and sharing stories and sharing memories, I think is helpful. And then getting involved in something that that person was really passionate about, you know, Mm -hmm. so like for my dad, like I love to, you know, if I'm going to choose a charity, like it's always something having to do with, you know, with addiction or something like that, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so I think. I think giving back and doing like your piece yeah. is, is super important. And, you know, like always just feeling like telling stories, sharing memories, doing something creative. And I think mm-hmm. keeping their memory alive by, you know, contributing your time or, you know, fundraising or whatever for 
something that mattered to them. Amazing. Dr. Lauren, thank you so much as always. If people want to hear more from you and learn more about your work, where can they go? Definitely my Instagram and it's dr double underscore Lauren. That's Mm L-A-U-R-E-N. Definitely go on there and I try to do live streams about once a week um, answering whatever questions you send in. And then also I'm ready to launch a new website, but go on the one that's up there now to put in your email address so that we can put it in the new one when we get the new one up and running. So it's heylauren.com. So yeah, check out those two things. Will do. Thanks, Dr. Lauren. All right. Thanks, Jericho. I want to talk about our partners at Giovanni Haircare. They've been making waves in the natural products industry since 1979. Giovanni was actually the first full-range salon-inspired haircare brand in natural products stores. And today, they're the number one selling haircare line in the U.S. natural products industry. So their products are cruelty-free, vegan-friendly, and contain a variety of natural and organic ingredients. Giovanni's whole mission is to bridge the gap between natural and salon quality hair care. And they do this by offering people products formulated as naturally as possible without sacrificing high quality salon performance. So they're high performing, but they're also way better for you. See for yourself just how beautiful your hair can look with the help of Giovanni. They're not just shampoos, you know, they're also gels, mousses, hairsprays, leave-in conditioner, which I highly recommend vitamin hair treatments and more see in stores online at giovannicosmetics.com when i was young i wanted to learn a new thing all the time and i always had to go to the library which was fun but the range was somewhat limited in my australian seaside town you know thankfully nowadays you can teach yourself basically anything online with skillshare Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in design, business, tech, and you can also take classes in tarot, astrology, starting a business, nonfiction writing, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or explore a new passion, Skillshare is there. And I love the fact that these courses that are more esoteric are being taught by experienced everyday people because learning more about yourself should never really feel like an exclusive or elitist endeavor, you know? And they really do have classes for everything. Like this one, 15 minutes self-care, a mindful approach. And it's really easy to search for classes on their site and you can get unlimited access. So you watch the videos as often as you want. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering self-service listeners two months of unlimited access to over 18,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash self-service. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash self-service to start your two months now. Skillshare.com slash self-service. Now we're going to turn our faces up to those big old balls in the sky, the stars, and see what they have in store for us this week, care of resident astrologer Jessica Lanyato. 
But Jessica's going to start by offering us some wisdom on grief and astrology via the two planets most associated with death, Pluto and Jupiter, and how we can learn from them both. And here she comes now. Thank you so much, Jericho and Dr. Lauren, for talking about this really important topic. Grief and bereavement is really, it's such a huge, huge thing, and it's a huge part of the human condition. And In addition to being an astrologer, I'm also a medium. And what that means is I communicate with the dead and I, as a result, work with bereavement issues a lot in my private practice and in my work. And from an astrological viewpoint, it's really interesting because Pluto is the planet that governs death. It it governs like the big letting go and it's messy and it's painful. And Jupiter also governs death, but in the way that it is an expansion. And there is a way that when we die, we expand spiritually beyond the body. And there is a way that in grief, the pain of loving someone so much that you have to cope with that love having nowhere left to go. It's an emotional expansion. And the force of your feelings can feel like they're breaking you sometimes. But they're also kind of evidence of your own capacity to feel and to love. And I think the challenge with grief is to give yourself permission to have it, to be messy and loud and whole within even the most painful feelings, because in doing so, you are simply more whole. And the thing about feelings, especially Plutonian feelings, is they're very oceanic. There's something that kind of crashes in and then drags you out. In regards to grief, the feelings that we feel are much like that. Sometimes you feel crazy and overwhelmed and other times it feels like nothing. There's really no wrong way to grieve. It's messy and human and it's unpredictable. So if you are dealing with grief at this time or if there's someone in your life that is dealing with grief, patience, kindness and bearing witness to the messiness of it all is probably the best thing that you can do for yourself or others. That said, let me do an awkward shift over to our weekly horoscope. This week, we're looking at May 6th through the 12th, and there's a lot for us to talk about within this week's astrology. It starts off from the 5th through the 7th with a really lovely sun sextile to Neptune. And this transit really helps us to stay connected to our spirituality and to empathy. This is an event that you might not really notice if you're not working with it, but if you do need to have more compassion. If you do have a creative project that you're working on that you're wanting more inspiration around, or if you simply need to catch up with people that you've kind of lost track of and are going through stuff, this is a great energetic shift to do that. From the 6th to the 8th, it's not so chill. We have two transits occurring. We have Venus square to Neptune and Mercury square to Pluto. These are very different astrological events. And this is a funny thing about astrology and life is that you can be going through something two different things or five different things at one given moment, and they contradict each other or they don't really make sense in concert with each other. And it's just life. And so the upshot of what this couple of days is going to bring up is compulsive, potentially really romantic thinking. If you are experiencing anxiety or a lot of stress in this period, warn against letting yourself jump to conclusions or weaving a narrative to match your feelings. Sometimes your feelings And your thoughts are really connected and they reinforce each other and they support each other. And sometimes not so much. And so stay with your feelings long enough to kind of figure out what you're really feeling before you try to figure out what it means or why. In other words, breathe into your feelings, breathe into your body. 
because this can be a period where passive aggression or jumping to conclusions gets you in real trouble. Which brings us to the remainder of the astrology of this week. From the 7th to the 9th, we have a really lovely sun opposition to Jupiter. And from the 10th through the 12th, we have another sun transit. The sun will be trining Pluto. And the combination of these two transits is really potentially fantastic. It's a time where we can grow and really look at difficult or complicated things and make greater sense of them and actually apply that sense to our lives and ourselves, which is fantastic. Unless you let the transits from the 6th through the 8th and all the stuff that comes up in the middle of this week derail you because these two transits by the sun can allow us to kind of go really far in a direction. So if you're going to run with something, make sure it's the truth and make sure it's a constructive, creative truth. That is almost all, but I will give you one last little detail for the week and that is your homework. This week's homework is around finding a way to be affirming of your life. And I'm going to give you a really simple exercise. It's simply to create a gratitude list. If you can every day of this week, write down anywhere from three to nine items a day that you're truly grateful for, and not just words on a page, but actually connect to the feelings of gratitude and presence for what you're experiencing now, please do and do it every day this week. If you would like to find more woo or learn more about my medium work, you can go to my website at lovelaniato.com. You can also follow me every day on Twitter and Instagram, and that's at Jessica Lanyato. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing some starry wisdom with us. And thanks to the cutie Dr. Lauren for being here too. If you have questions on self-care or astrology or anything else for me or a topic you really want us to cover on the pod, just use the little hashy self-service podcast or just at me. That's fine too. And if you like what you heard, please rate, review and share this show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye.